0: Becca, what are you up to today? What's going on with you?
1: Hey, John. Not too much. Just uh, enjoying the cold weather here.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm over it. Yeah. yeah I, well, I mean, you live in Denver, so you you won't be over it for quite some time.
1: <sighs> I'm physically and
0: mentally over it. <laughs> you know what you should probably do? You should listen to some music. That's there what, was That's what I was doing. That's what I was doing before you. Before I got on with you. I was listening to some music. You know what I was listening to?
1: What were you listening to, John?
0: I was listening to some some retro music from like the 90s and the 80s. Oh, goodness. Cool. And maybe. Are we telling on our age? Or are we just You're like, right. you know, we millennials that just <laughs> happen to like that kind of music?
1: All right. Bringing it back. <laughs> right.
0: I was listening to a couple of songs that kind of like stood out to me. And the first one was, uh, you remember Janet Jackson's The Pleasure Principle?
1: Oh, yes. Classic.
0: Yeah, Great one. So, that one, I, I was listening to that one. Um I'm going to pull it up for you so you, we can actually like hear it together because there okay. was this one line in the song that really jumped out at me. So I'm going to play it so that we can uh we can talk cool. about it a little bit. Okay. All right, here we go. After listening to that particular part of the song, she says like what I thought was happiness um, was only part time bliss, and I started thinking about like you know what do you think? I started questioning myself. What does she mean by that? Maybe do you have any? Maybe you have some thoughts. You heard this song, I'm sure. What do you think she means by that? What I thought was happiness was only part time bliss.
1: Yeah, it's like. You're running after the things that you like, that you want, and it just seem like you're just keep on running after them and you can never catch them because there's always the next best thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I would think. It's like it's fleeting. You know, you're always right. uh, trying to, to find that next thing to fill you up, to make you feel good or to make mm-hmm. your life better or whatever.
0: Well, it's like we all want to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. In the end.
1: Right. It's like running off your pleasures, you know, and, um, uh, you know, we're trying to be happy. We're trying to achieve that happiness. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times it's like, we're trying to achieve the happiness so much and we're avoiding all the pain. Like, don't okay. give me the pain. I don't want it. Right. You
0: know. Right. So
1: it's only about, it's only about the pleasure.
0: Yeah. It's, but it's amazing because she's, I think she's telling us something about our nature because she's right. talking, she says two things and, and she says two things. She says what I thought was happiness. So, She's talking about wanting to be happy. And then she says part-time bliss. So why is it that, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like happiness kind of usually gets attributed to things. Like I know, who is this one? Oh, this, this one guy I know. He talks about he has like 500 pairs of tennis shoes or something like that, right?
1: <laughs> right.
0: And every time he buys one, probably it's like, hey, I feel happy, right? Right. But, well, Why do you have 500 pair then? So, and then I was thinking about that in relation to what she's saying about part-time bliss. You know, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. It's like not, you you can never get enough out of it. It's like you're on to the next one. And Mm -hmm. like you said, a bunch of shoes, you like this pair of shoes, but then it just grows into, Ooh, well, I like this one too. Let me get this one. Yeah. And it just like, it's like almost like eating popcorn. (laughs) You know, you, you eat one, but you can't just eat one. You got to right? keep on eating it.
0: Right, right. And
1: that's exactly, I feel like, you know, what it's saying is like, it's not, it's not feeling, it's not going to hold you. It's just very um, limited. It's very um, short lived. And, you know, I think the song is kind of sounds like a breakup song or whatnot, but it's like, you know, you're running off to this pleasure, but it's like, it only you only see the, you only see the one side of it that it. It it could potentially bring you happiness, yeah. But you don't see the other side of it where it's not all roses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's thorns. So yeah, yeah. that's why I look at it.
0: There's been times where I I've been in tourist area, right? Or maybe uh, lots of times I used to go to like bookstore. I, I love to hang out in the bookstore and just read. Mm-hmm. But it's a good it's a good place sometimes in either one of those environments to look at people. And so what I would see is I would see people like, like on a search, like on a constant search instead of seeing that okay. this person and that person and that mm-hmm. person as an individual, I started to like look at people as like, you know, like maybe this one desire because, so I go in and I sit and I, I'm in the bookstore and I see this person walking, they're searching and this person is searching and this person is like searching. It's like, what is this? What is this thing that everyone is searching for? It's like, you know, is it, is it, it seems like there may be happiness there, right? But am I Mm -hmm. attributing that happiness to something that I can never get really true fulfillment out of such as a magazine or that's fleeting like we talked about? Mm Mm-hmm that's what i'm kind of like noticing just in uh, my observation of people including myself because i i've i'm no different than anyone else you know we're talking about behaviors or things that make themselves known to us and, and that come to our awareness
1: right it's like um you can have a million different flavors but you'll never be satisfied if you just take a couple you know there's always more that you want mm-hmm. It's always more more right never ending right. more
0: more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so you're always
1: so. searching. It's you're like always in that search.
0: I saw this episode. You had to say that I saw this episode <laughs> of the Simpsons. And so I guess Homer got sent down to hell. Right. <laughs> okay. And he was on a, um, uh, some type of conveyor belt and the hell that he was in is like, he was on some type of contraption and there was something opened up his mouth and was forcing donuts in his mouth.
1: Oh goodness.
0: But Homer, being who he is, every time the, the conveyor belt was would move these donuts in his mouth, he would say more, 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 more. Oh and it was goodness. like so. The whole point is is that I guess it's a certain relation to the way that we operate is that we are we are never satisfied because we want happiness, but it seems like we're trying to sustain that happiness with objects or an objectivity,
1: okay. right? Or people, even.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so what does that where does that leave us? I mean, because it's like we have this infinite desire to be happy. You think we're attributing it to the wrong thing? Is there something that we we may have missed along the way?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, life is like a smorgasbord. You can have anything and everything you want. It's like never ending, but it's like like you said, where is where is the cap? You know, mm-hmm. or do we have do we have a cap, or do we always just want more?
0: Right right
1: if we just want more are we ever able to achieve this happiness that we have kind of um you know sketched out in our minds of if i achieve this then i'll be Mm -hmm. happy you know it seems like you'll never be able to um experience enough to kind of um go with what you think that is happiness because you really don't know what that is because all kinds mm-hmm. of things keep on, you know, getting thrown at you.
0: Yeah. People kind of established our ideas of happiness. You'll be happy if you, you know, fill in the blank. And so what do we do? Because we're kind of a blank slate when we're born anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we start doing all these other things or that people say they're going to make us happy. And so we, we execute. We do this. We do that. We do that. Still, we end up with 500 pairs of tennis shoes, figurative, figuratively speaking. Because every time I buy one, the sensation goes away of of that moment of that high. And then I'm back at square one again.
1: Right. Or a million donuts to your gut, like Homer.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's like never ending.
0: It's never ending. So is it possible? I remember uh, one time I met this this guy. He was in the military. And I was talking to him. And uh, he talked about different techniques that they use in the military. And he said he was telling me and a few other people. So like, if you really feel like you're hungry,
1: uh-huh. you're
0: really hungry. He said, go and get, drink some water. And so we tried it and it really, it worked. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is are we attributing happiness to the wrong thing? Like, in other words, i really thought I was hungry, but as mm-hmm. it turns out, I was really thirsty. I really thought I wanted 500 pairs of shoes, but I right. really wanted something else. And if, and so how do we identify what that other thing is?
1: Right. We just attribute it to the material thing that we have in front of us. We know now a lot of people are really not looking at it that way anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. most people are starting to come away. It's like, what is all this crap that I have around me?
0: You're right. You're right. I think mm-hmm. uh, when, when COVID came, it really adjusted human consciousness, consciousness as far as we had to take a look at what we were valuing
1: Mm -hmm. as,
0: as a species. Right. And as a result of that, you know, a lot of, there's been a huge paradigm shift towards, I think, you know, human connection, um, Mm -hmm. authentic relationships, because, you know, I'm sure you've heard all these statistics that say, you know, we asked a hundred people, you know, about the times they were happiest in their lives. Right. And no one says anything about material most of the time right but yet and still we chase and we chase and we chase so what are we really looking for
1: right you know like going back to the song of janet it's like it was part-time bliss it was like fun for a moment but then it was nothing after i think before in another episode i described like how my kids were like around the holidays is that they would want this toy like so bad like all year long they just was like i want this you know and get it for them and then when they have it they play for it for a second and then they end up playing with the box right (laughs) so it's like you want something you keep on you have a visual of something that you think that is gonna make you so happy like yes you know you want it so you build it up more and more but when you have it it's it's nothing or it's not like your expectations it's nothing like you envisioned it
0: Oh yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and so you yeah. take
1: away more of just like the feeling of what is this giving? What is this giving me now? And so you put it off to the side; it's no longer useful to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just like hoarders, some hoarders have a lot of stuff that they thought was useful and just put it Man. off to the side, right. you know. And a lot of the times, it's more. I feel like we put, um, we attribute some type of filling to a lot of materialistic things, and so mm-hmm. then when we have that. Ma- Um, that object in front of us maybe it reminds us of something or a feeling that we have right you you know you want to keep that it's not that's what you're really really keeping okay it's not about the object but it it becomes where it becomes like mess around you it becomes you know clutter Mm -hmm. it becomes like five houses and ten cars that are you know Are no longer important, and you know it's just sitting there. It's wasteful. So it's like part time. It's a part time bliss. Like it was good for a moment, but now what's what is this happiness? Where is this happiness?
0: Exactly. There was another song that I was listening to. uh, This one was a little further back, so I think Janet was in the '90s. This one is uh, one of my favorite songs. It's by Steve Perry. It's called
1: "Okay, Taking uh, It Back."
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's called "Don't Stop Believing," and so. Um, I'm going to play that one for you. I have it pulled up on YouTube, so I'm going to play it so you can listen to it. If you look at the words from from this song, this, the words go, "Strangers waiting up and down the boulevard, their shadows searching in the night, street lights, people living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere in the night." So, what do you think that uh, good old Steve is is trying to tell us? Because it almost sounds maybe a variation of what Janet was trying to tell us.
1: Well, it's such an iconic song that all I hear is just that jam. So,
0: oh yeah, <laughs> I want to sing it right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that song, and it just it moves you. Just even, you know, the melody, the music of it. Um, but it's really saying something. It's like, um, I mean, it goes. But what you were saying, it's like almost like people watching. You know, or mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. searching for something out in the nowhere and the dark, or in. You know where people all gather or something somewhere. You know that there's something there for you. You just don't know what, and you're just right. searching for it.
0: Right. And right. it's like,
1: um, like what does it say? People live in just to find emotion. So mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're, they're waiting to be invoked by something that you know. Um, they're waiting to experience. It seems like
0: mm-hmm.
1: out there. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it's like. You know, I know that feeling very well. I know that's why I can relate to the song so much. I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, trying to achieve something, it's like I think that I'm looking for the next trinket, and maybe it seems to me that 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 is what I'm looking for, or the next um, encounter with someone. It could be, uh, let's say, a romantic relationship or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what is what is behind all the uh, the objects? What am I looking for? Is there something that would satisfy, not just me, is there something that would satisfy all of us to the certain degree that we wouldn't have to walk around and almost be enslaved to all the objects that we see around us and all the things that people say make us happy? Because right. merchants have no problem uh, allowing us to believe that. They'll, right. they'll make fortunes off of our endless search, but that endless search, to me, doesn't feel like it's something that ends up in a landfill. If you If you understand what I'm saying, because right. a lot of the stuff that we are looking for ends up in a landfill. You mean to tell me that is what was supposed to make me happy? And now it's in a landfill,
1: right? And you know, they bring so much attention to it. And when Steve Perry sings "Street Lights," it's like not just you know it's it's all the illumination that it gives to all these products and all the Mm -hmm. whole, um, the ambiance of wherever you're going. Right. And it's like, it tries to make it more exciting, but it's like, you're still searching. There's still something that you don't know what to find. You know, it's like, there's something there.
0: Right. And,
1: um, we're trying to maybe, um, attribute something, like I said earlier. Um, but the last song is like, we're trying to find something that we feel and attribute it to something that Mm -hmm. we could, see touch feel smell you know and take home for a minute or whatnot and it's like but i think the overall thing is like it's journey's telling us don't stop believing right so Mm -hmm. it's like it keeps on keep on keep on keeping on you know Mm -hmm. don't don't lose Mm -hmm. don't lose this belief that if something's there but Mm -hmm. it's like what is there what is that you know right like you said, it's going to end up in a landfill. So why do I want it? So what are we really looking for? Are we looking for people to connect with?
0: You mentioned that Steve mm-hmm. Perry says, don't stop believing. So what is it that he's talking about? Is it something above what he's witnessing? The strangers up and down the boulevard, shadows searching for uh, you know, relationships or searching for pleasures in, in the night. There's a part in the song that goes on and on and on it goes so if it's going on and on and on where is it leading us to is it trying to push us above it artists are very very intuitive mm-hmm. because they go through a lot of experience very rapidly so okay. lots of times what it takes us forever to learn they're able to learn really quickly because in their positions, they every pleasure that you can think of is coming at them, and they can afford it, and they can do this, and they can do that. Right. And still end up in a place where a person like Steve Perry is making a song, like asking a question himself. Like, what is going on here? What am I witnessing?
1: Right. What is that? What do we want?
0: Mm-hmm. What is this endless search that I see in front of me? So I started doing some more research, and I came across another song. And maybe, maybe this song, because it's a great question in the song. And uh, this one is called, I want to know what love is. And so I'm going to play it for you. The, uh, the portion that I pulled out as far as okay. the lyrics are concerned. i right, for you I right now. remember
1: that song. Yeah.
0: If you notice, in this song, it's talking about, you know, I want to know what love is. So in the verse that I picked out, it says, in my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. So he's talking about heartache and pain. Here we go again. The, the pain and the pleasure. Mm-hmm. He's talking about that aspect of life. And I know you've experienced that. I've experienced that. Our listeners have experienced that.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so are those two opposite, those polar opposites, are they given to us for a specific reason? Maybe to discover something that leads us to true happiness that has nothing to do with any object. What do you think?
1: I mean you want to attribute it to somebody cuz you want somebody to I mean the lyrics itself it's saying that it's like you're alone and mm-hmm. you want somebody to to connect with somebody mm-hmm. to show you what this is what is this love right but we see now that um love the word love has been so corrupted where yeah, a good point. It's, it's, it's different. What I think of love may be different what somebody else thinks of love.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: see out there how much like we're not on the same page on it. You know, right. we think that it's supposed to be one definition. This is the way it is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's not. So then really, like you're saying, is it somebody that you're trying to attribute it, all these words, or is it just trying to invoke in you that there is still something that um that you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's more to it than just um the these objects, mm-hmm. these just people that you know you're not really connected to. And there's more to this. There's right. like a story being told right behind it and we just we don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. I would I would say that uh love gets attributed to you make me feel good. If we if we're really honest with ourselves, like I can say to you, let's say I'm just an average person because I don't want to attribute this to attribute this to me. But we we make may make a statement like this. I love my husband, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know, a few hours later, I love street tacos. <laughs> what are, what are you saying? Sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying when we make statements like that? Are we saying that yeah, I this this makes good. me feel good, right? Yeah. I so are. When's the last time that maybe you know myself or our listeners had a big blow up with our our spouse or our you know significant or our significant others,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and at that moment said, "I love you."
1: Oh, during the blowout?
0: Yeah, probably oh, yeah, not.
1: That's, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, and you might get a like a like a rolling pin upside your head if you <laughs> even if you did something like that. You're like every other
1: name except I love you,
0: <laughs> right? So at that moment, neither party is making making either one feel good, and so that word doesn't even come up. So it's almost like love is attribute it to whatever makes me feel good. I love you mm-hmm. because you make me feel good. I love street right. tacos because they're delicious. Yeah. I love Sabatino's pizza, even though I've backed off from that because it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember.
1: I love Cheetos.
0: <laughs> right. So all these things that we love, make, but yeah, go ahead. No, go. go ahead, then, yeah.
1: It makes you feel good. It makes it, it fills you. It gives you something that you want in that moment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that that's the way we kind of describe love in our relationships and, you know, even relationships that's been, you know, been there like for a long time that, you know, you have somebody that's been together for 40 years. And if you could tell, if you could ask the people, um, why do you love this person? Mm -hmm. You know, we're only going to say, well, they always do this for me or they do that for me. Right, You right. know, we ne- we'll never describe, well, he's a pain in the butt and he makes me feel this type right. of way. He makes me grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he makes me grow even yeah. though I don't want to. Right,
0: right. <laughs> he gives me all, he gives me hell. Mm-hmm. But he, I love him so much because he gives me the hell and I'm able to grow from that. And if yeah. you think about all our interactions, like Steve Perry talking about people walking up and down the the boulevard. There are all kinds of lessons to be learned just in everyday encounters with people. It's not really about a knee-jerk reaction because I think ultimately what I'm trying to describe is that love is a choice. It's a Mm -hmm. choice. Right. You start to love beyond what makes you feel good. Let's say, for example... um, you have let's say, for example, you have two races of people, it doesn't matter that can't stand each other. Let's say oh. or two cultures, they can't stand each right. other. Yes. But there are people within that culture that choose to be above that, even though the majority of of you know of the communities that they are in, they choose to love above the the what represents their community. Let's say there's a lot of hate mm-hmm. in either community for one one community over another
1: right but
0: the two people that come from that community and decide to go above that that's a choice that they're making and it's not an animalistic choice of you make me feel good which is like a knee-jerk reaction that's not love
1: yeah it's like not at the level of the community saying well we don't like um these guys over here because they do this that the other and the opposite is the same way um that's the same i was talking to my son because they're um I'm always talking about him to something. <laughs> but there's a book back in um, I think it's Dr. Seuss, but it's like the the butter battle book where one side they butter their toast on the top and the mm-hmm. other side they butter on the bottom.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Right. So then they're fighting over it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and say who's better. Right. And so it's like it doesn't matter, you know, who's better because it's the same piece of toast. You know, it's the same piece of bread, but you're mm-hmm. just choosing to do things differently and we tend to absolutely hate people for doing something different than I do it. I mean yeah. we do that in our relationships. It's like don't leave don't leave the um <laughs> the toothpaste cap off. It right. drives me crazy. That's the and final those are, straw. I'm right the divorce papers right and, now. Right. And don't leave the toilet seat up. I'm um that's it. If you do it again, yeah, we're going to court. <laughs> And, and it's, it's really sad. Cause that's what we see out in society. We only, we don't just see it in our homes and, you know, things, people are really fighting about things that are really trivial, mm-hmm. um, and not rising above those ics, I guess people call them now icks, mm-hmm. um, and not rising above them and saying, Hey, well, you know, they do that, but I still like them because they're still, you know, uh, have yeah. somebody to talk to on a different level or whatnot. Um, we don't ever want to, we don't ever want to rise above all that. We just want to stay there where we like want to nitpick on all the things that we don't Mm -hmm. like instead of concentrating on the things that um, we could build together, Mm -hmm. like uh, relationships between people that um, I guess are most likely not to get along. Well, then you find ways to um, try to understand, um, you know, the person on a different level just, just right. like marriage marriage is the same thing you just don't marry somebody because they they do all the great things for you i mean some people do right and then they end up fighting about it later and then pretty soon it's like the home is um just a battleground of right these little things and so there's more to it and Definitely. it's not gonna relationships are not just going to be um handed to us and everything's mm-hmm. perfect you know Uh, We have to work at them every day. There's no longevity unless you're willing to, um, I guess, let go of those things that you don't like in another person and just choose to uh, exist with them because there's a challenge there.
0: It's a good point because, you know, most marriages, uh, I think they go through a process where, you know, of course you're dating, you're whining and dining, you're taking trips around the world. And when, so this is love, uh, this is, we created this, this, I, this image of, this is what love looks like. Cause we often mm-hmm. this, television romanticizes love as this, there you, you yeah, right. So now, but now all of a sudden, you know, years later, and it varies from probably uh, relationship to relationship that now there's lackluster, there's no luster anymore. So now all the things that used to make us feel so good together, I don't feel any pleasure in any, anymore. They're becoming like the tennis shoes. So now I, wanna, right. I want to replace, I want to approach my relationships, not just my marriage, but maybe if my friends don't make me feel good anymore, if this person doesn't make me feel good anymore, then I can just write them off and go and replace them with something else that makes me feel good. Right. That's that's what we've been conditioned to believe that that love is. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice. It's like... If you don't make me feel good, if this doesn't make me feel good, it's gone.
1: Right. There's somebody else there. I guess what people used to always say, there's more fish in the sea.
0: Right. Or more tennis shoes to purchase.
1: More tennis shoes to purchase. Right. Right. Have
0: you want to look at it? But love is like the sun. It just, it just, it gives without any calculation for self. That's not something that's easy for us to do. But if maybe if we start to exercise that muscle and be Mm -hmm. aware that, you know, maybe what we think or have been conditioned to believe love is, is that, you know, you something makes me feel good, therefore I love it. If we mm-hmm. start to condition ourselves to make the choice to choose love, then maybe we start to exercise a different muscle inside of us, but it can't be done alone. Right. It's impossible exactly. without connecting with other people to discover within yourself what, or discover within myself, what's blocking me from being able to love another person. It's impossible.
1: Right. It is and um looking at relationships is that they change over time. Cuz before marriage it was kind of um you know you were put into a marriage your parents got to pick who it was and it wasn't an about because you were attracted to this person or because you like them. It was this is out of necessity. Mhm. You need to marry this person and that was it. And so you had to grow to love this person because they were your right Uh, stability Mm -hmm. and so then over time then it become it became more of this oh was about love was about romance or you know relationships were about the romance that you got to choose who you loved but then it was um like you said it's just like we dream up things in our head of this is happiness because i like this person because you know uh, what do they call it like a honeymoon honeymoon phase phase? Yeah. yeah yeah So it's like everything's all dreamy and everything's perfect and, you know, we're, you know, I'm being serenaded and all this stuff and it was right. just so dreamy. But, right. comes, you know, maybe a couple of years down the road, three, four years maybe, then it just becomes like, oh, who is this person? It's not the same person that I've been with. So we're ever changing, you know, so it's like our relationships should evolve from what we know them as now. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't evolve to where now we don't know the definition of what love is. And if we don't know the definition, then you know, then it's our job to um, create what this definition is, and not right. just throw it in the gutter and say, "Oh, well, love is no longer important because it yeah. changed." It changed what we thought it was. Right. Now it's like an opportunity to actually define it together.
0: You're right. You're right. We're gonna. I, I think we're coming to the point where you don't have any choice because the 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 global situation is is deteriorating rapidly. And so now, you know, we become so, so uh, reliant on the system, quote unquote, to take care of us. Right. That we've forgotten basic foundations of where we would take care of one another on a very local level without any political involvement, without any um, law enforcement, without any you know, groups or, you know, psychiatric intervention, none of that. We mm-hmm. There was a time when we had a desire to be really connected with one, with one another. And in, in the song, it says, I know you can show me about what right. I want to know. I know you can show me. Right. So the other person becomes a mirror of, of the flaw in myself that is blocking me from from giving love because I see them as other. I don't see them as being... Really, fundamentally, exactly like myself.
1: Right. And so for redefining what this is, then it's like almost like you have to be an example of Mm -hmm. what you want to see out in the world. I want Mm -hmm. you to show me. Or um, it can't be where, oh, I'm going to tell you what it is. Because then we're going by old definitions or even definitions that kind of failed us over the years. Mm -hmm. Now we have to walk the walk. We have to be the example.
0: I think our survival as as a species is dependent on this. It's not dependent on what party we're aligned with and mm-hmm. what country that we live in. I mean, the world has gotten very, very small. We're a global community. And you can feel the resistance to, to just um, sit down maybe and talk with somebody that you feel like is so opposite of you. Right, You know, I can feel that resistance in me, but let's acknowledge that the resistance is there and it's Mm -hmm. something that we would like to overcome together to go to something higher together, together, where we we may be able to discover that maybe that's the very purpose for our existence, that we came here to discover or even to become love.
1: There you go. And how
0: can we do that alone?
1: I mean... By myself i am blind <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: uh, alone so the last I thing blind. i said is how can how can we do that alone and then and then you you can just come back You can just say the whole thing how can and so I'll, I'll ask the question I'm gonna go, i know where to edit so how can we how can we do that alone? Let's say how can we do that alone when we don't have the full scope and the whole picture of the the totality of reality if we just decide to stay to ourselves because alone we're blind
1: and together we see
0: exactly, so that behooves us to to hopefully start to build a desire between us to yes want to overcome what we feel as limitations. And not always run to the Cheetos and not always run to the to the uh, the trinkets that are being held in front of us that make us believe that this is the only way that we can find fulfillment. Let's start to find that fulfillment in one another.
1: All right. And build these authentic connections with each other. I mean, we're at ground zero now. And so we have this opportunity. So I'm glad. And I'm glad doing this with you right here, John. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Becca.
0: Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Have a great evening. You. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.